Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samutasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samutasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samutasa This evening I'm going to talk about transforming fear into freedom. So if you have fear or you are planning to have fear, <laughs> it's good, this talk is good for you. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about fear in four areas. One is kinds of fear or the nature of fear, then the cause of fear, then the end of fear which is fearlessness and uh, the way that leads to fearlessness, the way that leads to freedom. This is the structure basically that we found out in the Buddha's teaching. It talks about the problem, the cause of the problem, then the solution and the way to the solution. So this is the structure that I'm going to follow in case you really get lost in a lot of information, but at least we are going to touch that, uh, those areas, those four areas. The Pali word for fear is Baya, B-H-A-Y-A. And fearless should be Abaya, so that's, you put the A. And then you have heard about Abayagiri, which is the mountain of of fearlessness and all that. So I'm going to really uh, point out some of the fears that we have and also some of the fears I've experienced. So it's going to be kind of sharing with you also, my fears also. Now, some of the fears that uh, I've experienced and also what you experience, maybe I'll just mention them. Fears of interview. Is that familiar to you? You, you really pra practice and then you ha today you have an interview and then you say, what am I going to talk about? And then that can be a preoccupation. I remember myself as a, a yogi uh, going to report to Sado Pandita not any teacher, actually. Reporting to Bhante Gunaratana was no problem. <laughs> He's such a wonderful person. <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not to say Sado Pandita is not a wonderful person. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Easy going. <laughs> I heard about Sado Pandita from Joseph and all these teachers. Say it's a wonderful teacher. But... I mean, going for interview like going to a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so they sowed some seeds of fear. <laughs> so the first time I went to practice with him, him actually, uh, I had a lot of fear, actually. And uh, it was because of the stories when the Joseph was practicing and Sharon, all these teachers were practicing with Sado Panita. Uh, they really depicted him as a really tough monk. And for me going there, I said, wow, what am I going to tell him? 
I mean, but it's wonderful, actually, that I had a great time, actually. I found out he really takes care of your practice. So the end uh, for me of my interview with him, actually, there was no fear. I traveled with him in San Luis. I saw he's a human being. <laughs> and uh, went to Burma and he gave me robes. I just found out he's really personable. It's not this, that figure I had uh, about fear and all that. I went one time on the internet and they translated fear like this. They said that fear is uh, false evidence appearing real. So F stands for false, E stands for evidence, A for appearing, and R stands for real. So for many, many times I found out most of the fear, actually, they really like false evidence appear real. I remember in the monastery in West Virginia, I had a day off and I went to meditate. And uh, in the morning, I decided to put a chair uh, to just uh, make sure that the door is open. So I put a chair there, but in the evening, uh, it got dark. So I was about to shut the door. And I forgot that I put the chair there. So as I was about to close the door, I thought it's a deer, actually. But I'm the one who put the chair there, <laughs> and I've forgotten about it. So many times we put thoughts in our mind, and we forget them. And then we revisit them, and then there's a lot of fear. Joseph gives, a, I think in his book, talks about a, a Japanese monk, I think, or somebody from Japan, who actually was a very good artist and painted tigers and years and years. And then one day he went out and then he came back and he saw a real tiger. And he was so frightened because he, he thought that his painting is a real tiger. So many times we paint tigers. So next time fear comes, you just say painting tigers. <laughs> because most of the time is, is one layer after one layer of the thoughts that we've been thinking about fear. And then they frighten us, but they're not real actually. It's just a projection, the way we project. Another fear, fear of the unknown. What when we have like no idea, we have, we're afraid. Like if I say, Let's, let us go to Uganda, <laughs> and you have no idea about Uganda, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of fear, but you have a lot of fun. Actually, you, <laughs> you come to my temples just in front of a big lake. I'm, going, I'm telling you, so. <laughs> this is not a selling point. <laughs> selling pitch. I'm telling you, some people have been at the, our temple and they just love it. And I tell people in Sri Lanka, come to Uganda. Oh, many animals, tigers. I say, no, who told you? You can find tigers in the national in the national park, but not in my temple, because <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of fear of unknown. So it will be very interesting in your experience to find out where your fear is coming from. Is it fear from unknown? There's also fear of fear, 
fear about fear about fear, so then that creates a lot of fear. Uh, one time I went to Thailand as a monk. I was still young that was those days, maybe I was three years as a monk, 2006, I think. So I decided to visit Ajanicha monasteries in northern uh, Thailand. And uh, it was, of course, uh, after the conference in Bangkok, so I decided to fly to that monastery. I found a monk who didn't speak good English, and he told me that he, he has seen ghosts. I said, wow, this is a very good opportunity for me to see ghosts. Because in Uganda, I had a lot of fear when I was growing up. People said I've seen a ghost. They, they, they tried to describe the ghost. I said, have you seen it? I said, no, no, they told me about it. And then I went to another person uh, who told the person, told the person, about the ghost. He said, no, no. Also, they told me. So I was so frustrated. I wanted to really have a first-hand experience from somebody who really saw the ghost and can describe it to me so that I'd, I'm not afraid. Because every time in the dark, every time I thought, there's a ghost. So I had an opportunity to go to Thailand and I said, okay, let me see the ghost. So the monk, uh, actually there were three monks, one of them decided to take me to a cemetery where actually they don't cremate but they just bury people temporarily when they have accidents. So I say, yes, I'm a monk. What, what's a ghost going to do to a monk? Anyway, so, <laughs> so look at that confidence. <laughs> so we penetrated the forest, a thick forest. And uh, the monk was not speaking good English. I didn't know what he wa was telling me and all this. So he pointed to me a, an empty heart. Uh, I mean, not I mean, I think they abandoned it many, many years ago. But the, it was like really like run down and all this. So anyway, he told me, "You meditate there. You are going to see the ghost." And then I entered the, that house, small heart, and uh, I sat there and he said okay goodbye see you next time <laughs> you wanted it you get it <laughs> so and then uh, he left it was dark and then i said okay let me meditate anyway <laughs> so i started meditating and because i had the stories about monks in thailand seeing tigers and and uh, all these wild animals and all this i said okay here i am i'm now a monk let me meditate and be like those thai monks who see those animals, let me see what's going to come up. So I meditated. Every time there's a, a, like a branch breaking, I thought it's a ghost. Every branches start breaking. Pow, I thought, it is it. And then I opened my eyes, but I wasn't seeing it. Then uh, mosquitoes start biting me. Then I had a lot of fear about malaria. Then dinghy, <laughs> mixing together with malaria in Africa, and plus dinghy. I said, I came to see ghosts. Don't <laughs> but now I'm getting something else. <laughs> and I shaved the head because it was a full moon. And I said, wow, what will happen? Because I lived in Thailand for two years. And I got dinghy. Uh, and I... Uh, I heard that if you get ding the second time, you are kaput, finish. So I said, wow, this ding is coming. <laughs> Lots of fear. 
I was so frustrated, I decided to go and walk. I could not sit. I just went walking, walk, doing walking meditation. And all of a sudden, I had really steps coming. And I, I thought it was a real ghost. I stood still like this. And actually, later on, I realized it's the monk who didn't put on flashlight. He was walking towards me. So anyway, I saw him and we went out and uh, he said, okay, I told him I'm frustrated. I haven't seen a ghost. He said, okay, next time you come to Thailand, sure, you're you going to see it. So next time I go to Thailand, I'll face my, my, my fear by seeing ghosts. I tell you this story because I want to tell you the best way to deal with fear is to face it. Right now I want to tell you for sure. The best way to uh, overcome fear is to face it squarely your fears but don't jeopardize your life <laughs> don't you don't have to go to thailand in, in cemeteries and meditate there but this small fear about walking around the loop just go for it just go for it and see how it goes there are so many fears of fear of spiders fears of mother-in-law but not here on the retreat <laughs> not here Please don't take it personally. I am just going through the list real quick. <laughs> fear of sinning, getting things wrong, fear of wrong practice that you are not practicing very well, fear of black bear. <laughs> it must be around here maybe, but I'm not scaring you. I've seen one here. And today I was walking over that loop. I say, am I going to say another one? But I said, this is another fear. <laughs> So fear has a lot of imaginations, actually. Imagination. Fear of forgetting, actually, also. You know, you're really afraid whether you're really about uh, you forget your keys and all that. So a lot of fear going around, actually. Fear of failure. Am I practicing very well? I'm really, uh, maybe I failed this retreat. Uh, maybe I'll try another one next year. So then this is done. My interview is not going good. Breathing is not going good. Walking is not good. I'm eating. I always have a lot of uh, uh, craving for food. We have had about instruction about all these things not working. So we have a lot of fear of failure. But actually, uh, when I, I look at uh, meditation, actually, I don't think if you really follow the instruction of all these wonderful teachers that there's going to be failure. Because I tell you one thing, a quote of the practice is to show up. You already came here. You're already successful in a way. You have faith. Another quarter of the practice is to keep the five precepts. Really, actually, you, the Buddha said that if you keep the five precepts, you actually give fearlessness. You, are, you give freedom to all beings. That's what the Buddha talked about, the five Mahadana, the five great gifts of keeping the five precepts. You give fearless. You give fearlessness to all beings. So in a way you are successful, you've been keeping the five precepts. Another one is you're keeping silence here. If we are to come here and we don't listen to any instruction and we just keep silence here, there will be a wonderful transformation, actually. Really, you know how you talk in their life. 
blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and that dazzles a lot of mental energy. So you have built a lot of energy here. There's nothing that's gone waste. Especially for people who are going very soon in two weeks. I'm telling you, don't think that you have failed. Don't have any fear about failure in this meditation. You've actually uh, gained a lot in these days. The Buddha talks about uh, the benefits of mindfulness in Dhammapadas. He talked about the benefit of practicing mindfulness, even for one day. It's better than living 100 years. So he went on about effort, about virtue, about uh, seeing rising and passing away of things. It's better to live one day than 100 years without seeing rising and passing away. So there's one insight that you have all got up to now. May I reveal it to you? One insight that the mind wanders. I'm sure you all have this insight under your belt. So don't be afraid that you are not practicing very well. If you watch all the time your mind wandering here and there, and you've been here for four weeks, and you have no hand over your mind, that if you realize that the mind is wandering, if you are able to realize it, that's the insight into impermanence. Another insight you got, is also insight into impersonal nature of the, 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 the experience. It's impersonal, you know. If, you, ha- if you, you think that you have a self, you should be able to control your mind. Okay, today, let my mind be here. Let the mind, mind stay on a breath. But precisely because you are unable to do that, then there's none self. There's no self. You can't control it. You can't control your mind to stone a breath for, five, uh, for, for 30 minutes. It keeps on jumping and go to other places. So you can say that you are successful if you spend four days here is equivalent to 400 years. <laughs> yes, you do the math. <laughs> yeah, four days, mindfulness, wisdom. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> Next time, come back. <laughs> But not because you, are fa- you failed this. Yeah, just come back, but uh, to gain more practice. All right, so let's see what's really uh, another fear that comes up. Another fear, I think, is death. That's another fear. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> I don't know whether I should come first. I won't be popular maybe talking about death here. Let, let it come actually prior later on. So let us start with our... <laughs> okay, there are two kinds of fear. One is unhealthy fear. There's also what we call healthy fear. Unhealthy fear is actually fearing uh, things that cannot harm us. Like fear of spiders. Oh, no, Australian spiders. I can't harm you. Okay, some spiders. <laughs> rabbits. Okay, rabbits. <laughs> 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 
pee of a mouse. <laughs> Please don't take it personally, but <laughs> I was in Thailand and we had people from Sweden. And I've never been to Sweden actually, but though I went later on, but I saw people screaming when they saw the spider. Really, this was my first time because me growing up in Africa, we, we, speak, we stay in a room and sometimes you say snake when you, you go in a village and to visit your grandmother and then it's sticking its head out when you're sleeping. I grew up with beings actually. <laughs> I grew up with beings, cockroaches and spiders, not in town with my parents, but going to visit my grandmother in the village, it was amazing. So the first time I was in Thailand and people freaked out. I thought, they thought they are going to die actually because of this spider. I was so surprised how much fear have, people have actually. When I went to Sweden for three months, now I knew why those people were afraid. Because where I stayed at least in Vamdo near Stockholm, I didn't see the things I saw in Uganda. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I left my window open all the time and there was no insect coming in my window. I said, yes, I understand why these Swedes... Uh, Swedish guys who are just having trouble in Thailand. Really? So we are carrying a lot of fear, actually. There's a fear also uh, of something that we cannot avoid, like aging, disease, birth. We cannot avoid those things. There's that kind of fear. There's also fear based on delusion, really, um, like the sense of separation. We always feel separated from others. So this is a kind of unhealthy fear. And the Buddha say, do something about it. Right? Do something about it. There is a fear that actually Buddha encouraged to have. Can you imagine? The Buddha recommended one kind of fear. That's called moral fear. He say, go for it. <laughs> so this kind of fear in Pali is called otapa. Actually, it's that moral fear, but you have to qualify it with the word moral. It's the one which protects the world. The fear of wrongdoing. I mean, the, the result of your action. You know, when you do something, and you know that it's going to bring harm to, uh, to yourself, others, and all that. Then we are afraid, and then we don't do that thing. We don't uh, commit maybe uh, this uh, killing. We don't steal because we have more fear. So this fear you can actually practice, and it's actually a, a basis and support for our liberation. It helps us to live in society in a very peaceful way. So it's rooted in respect for others. And also it's actually uh, that fear of like punishment also, right? Like uh, there is, uh, when you do something, the law enforcement authorities are going to punish you and also the law of karma that we know that whatever we do is going to come back to us like it's a kind of boomerang effect that uh, when we do something it's going to come to us and experience the results so that's called moral fear or tapa in pali 
other kind of fear, we have to really deal with them with some of the things I'm going to recommend from Buddha's teaching here. But let us say to the uh, let us talk about the origin of fear. We have seen the two kinds of fear, which is unhealthy and healthy fear. But let us go to the origin of fear. Where this fear is coming from? Three areas I can uh, discuss with you. One of them is I can draw from the book by Tikinathan. It's on about fear actually. He he said beautifully that we have forgotten where the fear came from. It came from that time when we are born. Imagine when we are born. Everybody was born here. <laughs> imagine coming out in this world and saw these lights. Can you imagine? For me, sometimes when I sleep in dark and all of a sudden somebody come and put on this flood of light, I got so startled like this. So scary. So also we are scared when we are little babies. The light, then the sound, you know. While we are there, we are so comfortable. Not so many sounds, but we come out. It depends where you're born. <laughs> Imagine you're really born in a big city and then you all the siren, you know. So sometime I got to teach in New York. I'm telling you, wow, on 10th floor, I think New York Insight is on 10th floor. But there's a lot of sound. I mean, me who has been staying in the forest monastery in West Virginia, where it's so quiet, whoa. <laughs> and uh, I'm a really grown-up person, but the sound so much, and I have to practice hearing, 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 but still it's there, you know. But what about a baby just thrown out of this world and then face all this kind of fear uh, about sound and even breathing? Breathing, breathing must have been scary, the first breath <laughs> you had because there was, mother was breathing for you. Mother was eating for you, was drinking for you. But now you have to do everything yourself. So it was a lot of fear, you know. So Tikinathan uh, uh, really mentioned this thing and I really uh, liked it so that we know that fear is not personal. Everybody, everybody has fear. But when we have fear, we take it personally. It's my fear. No, everybody was born, had, had to face this fear. There's another fear that even goes back many years. Our sisters, uh, this has come from a book of uh, neuroscience. Many years ago, we lived with animals, tigers. Can you imagine? They are the constitution. The constitution there in a forest is very simple. You are eaten <laughs> or you eat. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple constitution. <laughs> to kill or to be killed. <laughs> and I, 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 I saw this actually when I was in Tanzania in, in National Park. So we, we are like in a zoo. We human beings there, we are in a zoo. The animals, they are just enjoying seeing us. They are going freely everywhere. And they start roaring at night. I'm telling you, it's scary. You get butterflies in your, in your stomach, actually. When the, the, the lion start roaring at night, it did, actually. I could not sleep the whole night. Yes, so 
yes, we used actually to live with animals. Now we developed that sense of fear. Or oh, is it going to eat me? Every time was like that. So according to neuroscience, this is evolutionary. And since then, actually, our default, our default of the brain is sensing for danger. Every time. Even on a good day when you have a good cushion, good meal, good interview with Andrea maybe, <laughs> good seat and all that. And then all of a sudden, there's always something there. Something nagging. There's a lot of fear always looking for danger. Maybe I, I didn't observe the last breath uh, uh, before I stand up. Maybe I missed this. Maybe, I did. maybe I'm not going to get enlightened. Maybe... Oh, there's a lot of maybe, but if, what, many, many things. So this is a lot of fear that we're always sensing for danger. Buddha's tracing of fear is very simple. This is how the Buddha traced where fear came from. He said that from craving arises fear. Very simple in the Dhammapada. From craving arises fear. Where there is no craving, where there is where there's fear. In fact, from from craving arises grief, uh, all these kind, kind of problems. So now, whenever fear arises next time, if you cannot track it from evolution or from biology, <laughs> by uh, from the time we are born, you know that there is some kind of underlying craving or attachment or passion. That's why there's fear there. Now, of course, that's the cause. I told you are going to follow the structure. You have seen the cause of fear is craving. In a dhamic sense, forget about uh, other things. But really, we have to work from the area where we know that's where it's coming, which is craving. So whether the fear is about evolutionary or biological, we have to deal with fear in the same way. It doesn't matter whether it's from craving or from where last time when you were born and all this. So we have to deal with it in the same way and we're getting there. Right. So then the end of fear is very clear is to remove the cause. Very simple. If you want to have no fear, if you don't want fear, just remove the cause. And the cause is craving. Work on your, your attachment. Where do you have attachment? Go there and try to be aware of that attachment. I think uh, somebody who has really fully gotten rid of, I mean, who has gotten rid of uh, ignorance, craving, and hatred, that person has no fear. So if you have a lot of fear, try to trace your fear from ignorance. Are you ignoring something? Are you having attachment? Uh, are you having greed, attach, uh, attachment? It, it's one of those that there's, there's fear springing. So it's very, very important to know the root. If you eliminate the root of crave, uh, like of greed, hatred, and delusion, then you're not going to have fear. Before that, fear is always going to come in one form or fashion. 
Now let's go to actually how to work with fear, the path to fearlessness. As my talk is about transforming fear into freedom. So let us go slowly by slowly. How can we deal with fear during meditation, in their life? According to the discourses of the Buddha, he talk about how to deal with fear in a general. We start with a, from a general way. There's a sutta which is called Vera Sutta in Anguttara Nikaya. The Buddha talks about when you refrain from killing, uh, stealing. Uh, basically, if you take all the five precepts, then you're not going to have fear. That means if you practice right speech, right action, right livelihood, then you are going to reduce your fear. So that's the foundation. So if you, you, you want to get rid of fear in your life, make sure that you keep the fire precept at the minimum. But again, still fear can come <laughs> even when you keep the fire precepts. So we are going to go to now applying right mindfulness. Whenever there's fear, try to make fear the object of your meditation. That's the first thing you need to do in terms of mindfulness. The other one was ethical conduct. But in terms of mindfulness, when fear arises, just become aware of its presence. Fear. Fear. You keep on mentally noting it. Fear. Fear. And then, see how it feels in the body. Again, this instruction, you have got them already, actually. Because we deal with fear in the same way we deal with uh, hindrance. You've got already the instructions about how to deal with the hindrance, aversion. Because also, behind fear is also aversion anger you don't want to face the situation whether it's a black bear you don't want to face it so there's a lot of fear there and also know that uh, fear is actually a mental state it's not something solid <laughs> most of the time it looks solid actually it's something like we we've, we put in our head that it's just there kind of uh, solidified there. No, it's just a mental state. I told you it's called bhaya. It's a mental state. So we try to investigate this mental state. How does it feel in the body? How does it feel in the mind? Is it increasing? Is that fear decreasing? Or is it staying the same? Because sometimes you become mindful of it and then it's still staying the same. So gaining this insight into impermanence as you are investigating is very, very important because sometimes we don't have fear and then we are free for a moment. Then we can compare those moments when we had fear and the moment when there's no fear. So we need to compare those two moments and that comparison will give us some kind of confidence that we are able to work with fear. It's not something that uh, was dumped on us from the time we are born. We can work with it. We can transform it.
So this is very, very important. If fear is not going away despite your efforts, then we know that it's actually also non-safe. <laughs> it's just you cannot make it go away. So we shouldn't get frustrated. <laughs> if we have a self, we should be able to blot it out and say, okay, it's like uh, getting something from the pocket and throw it away there. But you can't do that. <laughs> then we know that, oh, this is a selfless nature of this, um, this fear. Another imp very, very important step in fear because fear is a strong emotion. I told you how we got it many years ago, over thousands and thousands of years ago, living in a forest <laughs> with animals. There was no building like that. So it's a huge piece. <laughs> so, uh, and also you know how you got it at the time of birth. So you have to really depersonalize fear. You depersonalize fear. Fear is not I-M-S. That one we have go given you those instructions again and again. Fear is not I. Fear is not mine. Fear is not myself. Because if you say that fear is I, that's a form of conceit. Conceit. That mind state is conceit. I, I, I'm afraid. I am this. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, 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 I. You know? So, it's very, very important to remember the mental formation. There's a, a mental formation which is called uh, Sankaras in Pali. And the Buddha gave a, a kind of uh, uh, example. I think we let us call it simile or example or a comparison. He compared mental formations to a plantain tree, uh, plantain banana, uh, ban banana tree. When you peel the banana tree, you don't find anything in the in the middle. But that example not here in America. I haven't seen banana trees here. Um, in Africa, that's our step of food. <laughs> so we have a lot of them. But here, let us talk about onion. So onion, anybody who has seen an onion, <laughs> you peel it. My friend there, he's my attendant, Kapia, he told me it has seven layers. You peel it, you peel it, and then you don't find anything. So it's onion on and on with I in the middle. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you keep on peeling because the fear is part of mental formation. You can keep on peeling and peeling, all what you are going to find is nothing. So fear is not I, not mine. Mine, thinking that fear is mine, is a form of craving which keeps on feeding fear. And then saying that fear is myself, that's a form of wrong view. All right? It's a form of wrong view. So you don't want to cultivate conceit, wrong, uh, craving, and wrong view by saying that fear is I, mine, and myself. So you have to depersonalize it. After you have done all the investigation, it should be very clear. 
<laughs> After seeing the impermanence nature of it, how dukkha it is, how non-self it is, you should be able to uh, you should be able to depersonalize it. Yeah, it's not mine. It's not I. It's mine or myself. I think this is very very important because most people take fear to be personal. I'm, I'm afraid of dark. I'm afraid of ghosts. I'm afraid of this. So this is very important. Another fear that comes up, I think, in meditation is fear of change. Most people don't want to see changes. Though changes is happening all the time, but people just find they just want to see things not changing. That gives them a sense of security, right? Yes. So fears also people are afraid of seeing non-self. They think, okay, if there's none, no self, who's meditating here? Huh? Who is getting all the insights? <laughs> so then the net effect, people don't want to see self. Yeah? They, don't, they say, no, 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 no. And these are insights like seeing impermanence and uh, dukkha, suffering and non-self. These are the insights that are going to lead us to liberation, to see fear and break through it. But most people don't want to, right? They get scared when self comes, when they, they penetrate the non-self nature of the experience. They say, what's going on? There's something going wrong. <laughs> I should have a self to meditate very well. <laughs> you don't need a self to meditate very well. <laughs> so really, we are processes. We are processes. In fact, we have more verbs than nouns. The Pali words make it clear when you look at the five aggregates, the way the Buddha mentioned about each of them, it's just a process. He compared to perception, like a mirage, and all, all these are processes. So see this uh, fear also uh, of non-self. If you are afraid of, of, of this insight, I recommend you to go to some other teaching for a while. Maybe the cultivation of metta, compassion. And it's not like cheating if you do that. <laughs> You'll really be meditating because let's say if you have your fear of suffering, just send compassion to yourself. May I be free from suffering. May I be free from suffering from its causes. So don't get stuck. <laughs> do some kind of, other, kind of other practice that see you as a human being actually on one level because compassion is part of the Noble Eightfold Path also in many ways compassion is wisdom in action and wisdom is compassion at rest so whether you are using wisdom to investigate fear or you are actually using compassion to really uh, cultivate really compassion, to be free from suffering, it's all these practices are supporting each other. It's very, very important to remember that. Other ways of dealing with fear, they come from right efforts. Right effort, you have to use efforts. If you don't have enough effort, you collapse. Uh, pain arises, you, you don't have enough effort, then there's a lot of fear around pain. So really see if you can arouse effort through some kind of reflection. 
can reflecting reflect on the qualities of the buddha that is very helpful then your quality of the buddha qualities of the dhamma and the sangha i, I mentioned this actually in the beginning of the retreat that can give you some energy and then you can face some of the fear about pain and all this also try to repress uh, replacement method i mentioned last time is always repress fear with courage right repress it with courage another method is to reflect how always fear make us freeze and you know, leads us to suffering and all that so make some kind of reflection also but what i found out in my experience actually is more redirecting method when there's a fear i try to come to the body and feel it really feel the fear in my body is it sweating there's something happens when fear comes to our body because the body is biofeedback so there's something that you feel either tension or tightness somewhere yes so try to go there and then try to uh, release investigate what's the sensation then try to be mindful of the sensation and then redirect to the breath also maybe redirect to the uh, senses like hearing seeing touching any of the six senses it's really very helpful to get uh, a bigger picture and zoom out instead of zooming in to a lot of fear and you're caught up in fear and you really zero in and there's more fear about fear it's try to go back and then start actually having a bigger picture the big picture usually i take when i, I redirect my mind is actually come from uh, somebody talked about this but i don't know who i think it's in tibetan tradition where you see the mind as a big sky and then the fear is just clouds passing passing through you for me that's a very important image when i go to travel and by fly by air uh, airplane i see clearly how the the clouds are passing through the sky and i just say oh my mind is also like that so the this fear and all this aversion it's just passing through it's not sticking on my mind so for me that's give me freedom that things are changing and sometimes as i travel by yeah i reach area where there's no clouds they are past so this image for me is very helpful actually to really uh, deal with fear another method i use is resolution aditana in pali is called aditana determination make a strong determination i say i'm not going to let fear be my master <laughs> so what, uh, this kind of determination buddha did it actually in one discourse in uh, uh, about fear and dread it's in called baya bhava sutta in in majjhimanikaya sutta number four the buddha decided not to change his posture whenever he had fear he decided when he was in a sitting posture he said i'm not going to change this posture until fear goes away so that's form of determination it's called using more of what you call willpower using using more of the willpower other techniques i've mentioned is more of using wisdom power 
to investigate is it increasing is it decreasing to get the insights and all that into fear but this is more really willpower and it works actually it works another method to come f or to overcome fear is send metal loving kindness meta loving kindness the way the buddha taught this discourse according to commentary the monks were afraid when they went to meditate they were so afraid they went to meditate for three months there were many goblins and all these ghosts and invisible being uh, uh, producing sound and nasty smells and all these things and then the monks went to the buddha and said we are afraid we cannot meditate don't send us there anymore the buddha said you know don't worry i'm going to give you the best tool to deal with your fear and then the buddha according to the commentary the buddha taught metta loving kindness and then they went there was no problem the ghosts were very happy and all the, the <laughs> they were not scaring them at all they became very good friends actually with monks whether that story true or not because the commentary but I, you can really feel it when you send metta loving kindness actually that's what i did in thailand also i send metta and then it works in fact, one of the benefits of practice, practicing metta is that you will die peacefully. Right? You will die peacefully. So, this is very important to practice metta. If you know the qualities of the Buddha, <laughs> which is a Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, one of them, let me summarize them, like the qualities of the Buddha is purity, compassion, and wisdom. If you remember those qualities, um, there are nine, I don't have time to explain them, but uh, just know that uh, in summary, I, I can put them like that. Actually, that helps to overcome fear. And Dharma, the qualities of the Dharma, that the Dharma is, is, is leading onwards, is here, the Dharma is here, is a, is in, inviting one to see is visible here now. Now, when fear arises, do you need to go to college and get a degree to see fear? No. Fear is there and you're seeing it. So they're seeing the Dharma. So then you get confidence that I'm seeing fear right now. <laughs> so that actually gives you some confidence and um, some reflection that the Buddha who found this Dharma was free from greed, hatred, and delusion. And also you are practicing, you'll be also free from greed, hatred, and delusion. And then fear will go out of the window. It will go out of the window. So this kind of reflection can help you actually. So before I end my talk, let me talk about fear of death. That's a big chunk. Now, death. Everybody fear death. <laughs> But there are three kinds of death. If you know these three kinds of death, then there's not going to be any fear of death. Right? The first one is moment-to-moment -moment death. Moment-to-moment -moment death. This is happening all the time. Whether you're afraid of death or not, <laughs> this is happening all the time. This is psychological, you know. Every time your feeling rises and passes away, do you have the same feeling that you have when you came to the retreat? No. What about uh, your body? Is it the same? No. Many cells have passed away and many new ones have come. What about perception? 
is also gone, rising and passing away. Mental formation, rising, passing away. Your, your greed, your generosity, your faith, many things are rising and passing away all the time. And then your awareness also changes. Thus, rising and passing away is actually a bliss <laughs> to see this rising and passing away. The Buddha said that this is joy and happiness, seeing that process. But we can say it's actually, put it in quotes, it's like death actually, but on a psychological level. If that's what we are doing every day here, then there will be no fear of death because you are going through this every time. So then there's a second death. It's uh, more of uh, the usual death that you know. So that shouldn't be a big problem if you understand the love karma and the rebirth that this is just another life. But if you think it's a single life, <laughs> then you have a problem because <laughs> you, you, you want to do everything in one life and fit everything in one life. And then, ah, then you say, you know, if I really die, I'm going to leave everything. I'm going to leave my car. But actually for me as a Buddhist monk, I just feel that this is what I think. I don't, you, don't have to buy, you don't have to buy into this, but this is what I think. I just think that death is upgrading existence. Like, you know, your computer has a window visitor and then you have to go to Microsoft and to 2013 and another upgrading. So this is what I view life like this and death. For me, it helped me to overcome fear <laughs> because I wasn't born a Buddhist and I didn't know about this past life business. And for me, I knew that I'm living a single life. I had problem with, with fear of death. Every time I go to... Uh, I see people dying, I say, wow, it's terrible. But when I look at life that is just extends in the future, backwards and in the future, I'm telling you, I don't need serious meditation, actually. That contemplation alone is my meditation. That, okay, I live many lives. It's like an ocean. Waves on the ocean, one wave after the other. I feel, this is what I... I know in my, at least in my practice, that you cannot separate life and death. It's all coming together. It's like waves. You cannot separate waves from the ocean. <laughs> they come, another go, another come and go. So I think if you have that perspective, it's going to be very helpful because this might come up if you have death in the family and you think that, oh, you know, this is very f terrible and all that. But see, oh, I'll meet you next time. Maybe you're having a good time. So this is what I feel, actually, because my father died and I have death, actually. Many people die. Don't think that I'm exception. <laughs> I think like this, it's very helpful for me when I think that, okay, I'll find them somewhere. I've also, I reflect, I've done something good. So there's no fear for death. I'm going to upgrade existence. I don't know what will happen, actually, whether I downgrade, but I, I convince myself. <laughs> and that works. Whether I go down or up, doesn't matter. But mostly probably up. <laughs> I've done my best. <laughs> By the way, the way how uh, in Sri Lanka how people, how people actually, in Sri Lanka how people overcome this fear of death 
during their life, in their lifetime, they keep a list of good things. It's called pin pota. Pin means, ping means uh, merit. Pota means book. So they keep a book of all good things they have done. Try to do that also. <laughs> Every good thing, you just keep on noting, I've done this, I've done this. So as a monk, I was studying, in a, I was a student in Sri Lanka, studying there. And I used to go for collecting food, arms round. I said, what good thing have I done? <laughs> then what I decided, they gave me bananas. I decided to share my bananas <laughs> with other monks. And then I just kept on recording in my book. <laughs> I gave one banana to a monk, <laughs> and I had a birthday, I had to give my thumb drive, I recorded that. At the moment of death, they read that for you, because all the senses, actually all the senses go, except hearing. And then, when they read, oh, uh, X and X was in Barren, 2000. 12 of 2014 meditating and and it's such a good thing so you can hear that and say wow that's wonderful you, instead of focusing on fear of death you're focusing on good things so actually i've maintained that book but uh some people have a problem they say oh this is ego this is a self-keeping all these things no don't think that way don't put bad things there put the good things don't worry, even you, you can reflect on that on a weekly basis. Go and review what you've done last week. You'll find a lot of joy in life. Because most of the time, I tell you, we focus on bad things. That's what we do, human beings. We do hundred things. We do one bad thing of not giving a chocolate to Bante. And then we <laughs> blow it. <laughs> I mean, coming here, you are a good yogi, you are doing everything very well, and say, wow, I forgot to say Kapia Bante. Oh, I wonder what Bante is thinking about me. And then the whole sitting, Poof. But you have done a lot of good things. So you focus only good things, record them. And then every week, review, you find out you have a lot of good than what you think you're bad. Even if your meditation is not going well, when you review those good things, you're going to have a lot of metta, a lot of loving kindness towards yourself, towards others, because you focus on your positive things. Fear of death, this is an instruction that you have to reflect according to Anguttara Nikaya. Every day, this is the recommendation the Buddha gave. I am subject to aging. I have not gone beyond aging. You reflect along this. According to Tikinatan. Uh, he coordinates this with breathing. Breathing in, I'm subject to aging. Breathing out, I have not gone beyond aging. So you do the same thing. I'm subject to illness. I'm not, I haven't, even gone, I haven't gone beyond illness. You, say, you, say, you do the same th thing with death. I'm, uh, also, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm subject to death. I haven't gone beyond death. Also, very important, I, I will grow different separate from all that's dear and appealing to me because most of the time we are afraid to be separated from people we love so that brings a lot of fear too there's another also reflection that i'm the owner of my karma here at my karma karma uh, karma is my womb i spring from there karma is my relations 
karma is my protection. So whatever action I do, good or bad, uh, those shall become my hair, in other words. So this kind of reflection is very, very important. And uh, when the, the fear of death arises, just reflect like that. You can just say, my life is impermanent. Death is certain. I'm subject to old age, disease and death. So you can reflect that through. Lastly, the, th the third kind of death is the death of arahants, people who have actually attained final enlightenment. So that is not called death, actually. It's called Nibbana. So my friends, we have discussed fear, nature of fear, the cause of fear, fearlessness, death, freedom, which is Nibbana, and also those moments, moments when fear is not there, you have those moments. And then the path to fearlessness. I've mentioned that. So let us sit for a moment or two. Dukkha pata chani dukkha mbaya pata chani mbaya Sokka pata chani sokka hontu sabi May the suffering be free from suffering. May those who are struck by fear be free from fear. May the grieving be free from grief. So to may all beings be. I offer this to, for your reflection. Thank you very much for your attention. May you be free from fear and may you attain final liberation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.